0: The Star Sport podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull down. And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland champions for the seventh time ever.
1: Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarron of the Southern Star and I'm joined by Star Sport editor, Kieran McCarthy. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you In association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose the credit union, choose local, choose community. On this week's podcast, we'll be joined by nine time All Ireland winning Cork Camogie legend Gemma O'Connor to chat about her new autobiography, Why Not a Warrior? O'Connor, who also won 11 All Stars during her illustrious playing days, has been chatting to Ger McCarty about her remarkable career. But Kieran, before we dive into that conversation with Gemma, a quick roundup of some of the big West Cork sporting stories making the headlines this week. And first off, we're going to look at Glengareth's Dara McElhenney, who continued his journey to becoming one of Ireland's best ever athletes by claiming his first national senior title at the 1-2-3 .ie National Cross-Country Championships at Rossapena Hotel and Golf Club in County Donegal last Sunday afternoon
0: It was almost a homecoming of sorts for Dara because the McElhinneys have strong connections to Donegal and I think they stayed in the cousins holiday home half an hour from Rossapena and there was a lot of a family and relations there to cheer on Dara last Sunday, including, as he told me on Monday, cousins from Belly Buffet that he didn't, never knew even existed. But these McElhinneys from Belly Buffet turned up at the at the course on, on Sunday, claiming to be the McElhinney cousins. So the more the merrier, he said, Every, everyone aboard the Dara McElhinney um, fan train because it's growing bigger and it's getting faster. And it was another sensational day for Dara. And he just turned 22 earlier this month. And I always keep that in context with Dara because he's still so young and he's only a senior a couple of years. But that was Dara's first ever senior men's Irish um, cross-country title. And that adds, that's his third now. It's a hat-trick of Irish senior men's titles this year. He won the indoor 3,000 metre back in February. He won the outdoor 5,000 metre in June. And now he has the, the, cross, the cross-country 10,000 metre men's senior title. So that, that's an incredible haul for the one year. Not to mention, he's six PBs. So that was after a sensational season and he's not finished yet because just hot off the press today was the, the news that Darren Mchenney and Jane Buckley, the stone athlete, have both been picked on the Athletics Ireland team that's travelling to the European cross-country championships in Italy. And um, They're racing on a course outside Turin on December 11th. And if we think back to last year, Dara won uh, individual men's silver um, at under 23 level in those Europeans and led the Irish team to, to Team Gold. And he's gunning for gold. He's gunning for glory. He's hoping for his own very own Italian job in Turin in two weeks' time. And he is in the right form. So another memorable weekend, another weekend of McElhaney magic.
1: Yeah, and Kieran, like Joe, there's no secret that we're huge fans of Dara. On this podcast. And he's had some massive moments already in his young career. But this was a bit of a star making turn in Donegal. Because if you were on social media. Across the weekend in particular on Sunday. You were hearing about Dara's win. Because his head to head against the athlete who finished in second place. Whose name escapes me now. You'll tell us in a moment. But that was a real ding dong. And Dara. He seemed to bide his time. Wait for his moment. And when he knew. The moment was right, he struck and he never let up and he led the whole way home in what was an extremely exciting race and you don't have to be an expert in athletics to enjoy that last 800 metres or so.
0: I've seen it described as a coming-of-age performance for Dara and it certainly was, so the detail you're talking about is Hiko Tenoso-Hasso, who actually beat Dara to the senior title last year, so while Dara won the men's under 23 goal that last year's National Cross-Country Championships, he finished second in the men's senior um because Hasso beat him. But Dara turned the tables on him on this year and it was such a mature run from Dara. So he was telling me he was pretty happy with the pace. The pace was three minutes per kilometre and for him that's slow, but he was happy with how the race was progressing. And then with six or 700 metres to go, that's when Hasso made his move. He made a burst. But Dara went with him and Dara passed him out and there was a hill just by the finish and Dara was very, very strong in the hills and he was at his advantage and he pulled out a lead and he literally ran down the hill and he coursed at home to a four second victory then. So it was a really impressive run, really, really impressive. That, um, Like I said, he's only 22, but he's such a mature athlete at this stage because this is his third season at senior level and tactically he's just getting it right and he's getting very comfortable in these big races so you can see why people are so excited about Darren mcahiney like he's breaking record after record and he's he's really maturing into the best middle distance um, male runner in ireland right now and what's so exciting he's just so young like his best is yet to come and what Darren has done so cleverly over the last couple of years he's he's built up his training like in the last training block he was um running 100 miles uh, a week and he said he could have done that when he was 16 or 17 and possibly he could have had better results when he was 16 or 17 then. But that's not sustainable. So Dara kind of, he's building and building and the results are getting better. And we know the best is yet to come. And now we're even here in Paris Olympics in 2024 because Dara going to be finishing up in college in UCD quite soon. He's going to become a full-time athlete. And then we, we could see even more improvement from that. So it's just a very exciting time for Dara.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you can read more about Dara's latest success in this week's Southern Star. Another West Cork athlete making waves on the highest level of his sport is Kinsale's John Murphy. He's this week's cover story in the Southern Star. And Kieran he secured his European tour card for 2023 with a stunning six under par final round at qualifying school in Tarragona near Barcelona last week and again another West Cork athlete who you can really say sky is the limit and this was a massive moment for John in his young professional golfing career
0: Oh 100% Jack and I think what's so impressive about this is that that John Murphy he delivered when the pressure was the greatest so he shot the last 12 holes in his final round six under par like that that's incredible and he's I was talking to him last weekend he was home for a couple of days before he flew out to South Africa, where he's competing in um, Johannesburg this week, um, I think it's the Joeburg Open that's probably starting on Thursday. But he was telling me that when he started his final round, he was thinking in his head, "Okay, six or seven under par will get me where I, where I I need to be." Yet with twelve holes to go, like he was still a good a good bit off. Wherever um he thought he needed to be, sort to pull out that those final twelve holes. It uh, was just a. Just shows the, the mentality um of of John to go obviously with the with the talent that he has. And even when he was on the seventeenth, he was thinking to himself, okay, I probably need a birdie and, and a and par from here. And again, he delivered. So I think that says a lot about the the strong mentality that John has and he was, he was very pleased with that because he said there's been moments this year when he's gone into the last round in contention but it just hasn't worked out for him so for him to turn up on such an important round and, and deliver um, deliver what was it as, as the 65 that saw him get that top 25 finish and earn that DP World Tour card it's just a huge moment for him because what it does now it gives John Murphy security for next year um, he's in with the big boys now look who, who won the DP World Tour last weekend Rory McIlroy. Look who was on Twitter last weekend welcoming John Murphy to the DP World Tour. It was Shane Laurie. So that just shows the the company that, that John will be keeping himself in, in in 2023. So huge moment for him. And I have to mention too, he's caddy Shane O'Connell. He's another uh, Kinsale man who came on the bag with, with John Naster when John turned pro. And this is a great story too because these two fellas go back a long way. John was telling me that they they grew up a hundred yards from each other. They went to school together. They were teammates. Um, they're obviously friends. They're golf nuts, and now together they're sharing this this remarkable journey. And I was talking to John last weekend when he was on his way down from Dublin Airport in the car, and Shane was in the Shane was in the car with him, and you could hear the crack by the two leads. You know they've really had a they've really been enjoying this year. It's been a real adventure by the two of them, and now the big adventure starting. They're they're heading off to to the DP World Tour. And what I what I liked about um, John is that he was full of praise for Shane because you read about it in Thursday Southern Star. He said that he sh- he shot four hundred eleven shots at the qualifying school last week, and had he hit four hundred twelve shots, he wouldn't have got his um, DP World Tour card for twenty twenty three. And he puts down that that does that small bit of a difference to Shane O'Connell walking the course in the evening, checking where the pins are, looking for those one percenters. So this is a, a Kinsale dream team that's delivered and it's another good West Cork sports
1: story. Absolutely brilliant. We look forward massively to following their journey on the DP World Tour. Next season, and as I mentioned, John is the cover star of this week's Southern Star Sports section. So don't forget to pick up a copy of that one. The last West Cork sports story that we're going to touch on this week is Iban Gales, who won the Carberry Clone of Milk under 21A final after a classic encounter in which it finished 120 to three thirteen over Town. Iban Gales, for those who don't know, is an amalgamation of Barry Rowe and Argadine Rangers. And the star on the day was Ryan O'Donovan who kicked. Nine points. So okay, here this is a massive result for Iban and the two amalgamated clubs.
0: Huge, huge for Ivan. Um they've all completed the Carberry under twenty-one double. They won the A hurling final earlier in the year and they beat Noosestown as well. So um for Noosestown, Ivan seemed to be their bogey team. But you're right too, Jack. This this was a classic. What a what an epic way to bring down the curtain and the, the Carberry under twenty-one football championship. It went all the way to to extra time. But like, the story of the game, at one point in the second half, Ivan Gales were 10 points up in Newsonstown and they looked home and hose. But back came Newsonstown and they actually hit the front, hit the front in normal time and it took... uh, suppose, a clutch kick from Ryan O'Donovan to force extra time. And then in extra time, Ryan O'Donovan came up. He came up trumps again and he, he finished with nine points. Dara Holland kicked six points. Sean, Sean Walsh kicked, kicked um, scored a goal. Oral O'Donovan weighed in with two points. So very much a team effort from Ivan Gales. But they'll, they'll really celebrate this. They'll really celebrate this win. Um, It's one they've been looking for for... Uh, for a, a a long time, because this um, like you said, it's Barryroe and Argadine together, like two two good West Cork clubs. And for Ivan Gales now to be the Carberry under twenty one hurling and football champions, it's a it's a it's a really proud moment for the club. And in Thursday Southern Star, Ivan manager Paul Holland, he hails he hails what he calls a special group of lads. He said they had to come back and win this game twice. You know, like they they thought they did won the first time. Um, Lucas Tongue came back, did the go again, and then they produced the goods in extra time. So, a real classic, a real epic, and we have a big spread in Thursday Southern Star. So, for fans of Ivan Gales, for fans of Argonne Rangers and Barry Row, you have to pick up this Thursday Southern Star. It's a collector's item,
1: absolutely. And in an era where rural depopulation is always a huge topic, this is a great advert for GA Club Amalgamation. So, congratulations to all the lads involved, and again, as Kieran mentioned. Big spread in this week's Southern Star sports section. Kieran. lastly, before we hear from Gemma O'Connor, this isn't West Cork related at all, but we have to make some mention of the World Cup, which is ongoing in Qatar at the minute. The group stages are well underway at this stage. As we record, Germany have just been beaten by Japan in an absolute belter of a game. The winning goal from Japan was just sensational he plucked the ball out of the air over his right shoulder from a ball that came down with snow on it just one of those classic world cup moments the japanese players and fans in raptures so i'm on a high after that game what's your own experience been of the world cup so far have you been enjoying it have you been boycotting it have you turned a blind eye have you been working too hard you haven't got a chance to sit down yet what's your overall world cup 2022 experience been to date
0: the beauty of working from home is that there's a TV on in the background all the time. So I've been very flexible with my work this week as I soak in the World Cup and obviously put my full attention on the on the Southern Star sport. But the football has been in, enjoyable so far. Um, that Saudi Arabia match win over was a classic moment. But what yeah. I enjoyed was the, the videos on social media after of the Saudi Arabia fans um, celebrating, whether it was a fan ripping the door off his house or some fella taking an AK-47 to the sky in Saudi Arabia or there was another video of a Saudi Arabian fan I think he get crashed a TV interview asking where is Messi, where is Messi. <laughs> so there's been the football itself has been kind of, to be fair, it's been quite entertaining. Um, I'm presuming England would start to get carried away with themselves after after beating around six six two. So there's been some some big shocks there, and uh, it's just starting to to take off. But then you have the other side of it. Um, what I've found, I don't know, if this is amusing to word, but. When we are getting the official attendances for games, when they're actually bigger than the capacity of the stadiums themselves, you're thinking, Jesus, there's there's something not right here because I'm not sure how many sellouts there have been, but there have been there have been record crowds at these games, and so they're obviously squashing these fans in, 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 into the into the stadiums. But what's been interesting too is the amount of at um, a time, like they've really and that's actually something that I'm quite happy with because we know when for watching the Premier League and so on, you get two or three minutes at the end of every half, and you're kind of frustrated saying. Jesus, player X was down there for, for two minutes or Ronaldo was rolling around for for seven minutes there while he was talking to Piers Morgan. But what but what we have now is we actually have proper seven, eight, nine minutes added on to the end of each half. And I hope that's something that we see go back into the Premier League and go back into the Champions League because it might stop fellas time wasting. So that there's been some positives to the on field action.
1: Yeah, just on the, the 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 added time then because obviously if you're supporting a Japan or a Saudi Arabia, you're very disappointed to see seven minutes going up at the end of a half. But I, I, I would do away with stoppage time altogether and just bring in stop clocks like they have in rugby. It makes totally more sense. I think to do it in ladies' football and camogie as well, because then there can be no no misgivings about the the amount of time added up. But I take your point. It has been an improvement on what we get week to week in the Premier League and the Champions League especially when there's a head injury and they are literally down for 14 minutes there of course should be 14 minutes added on on the false attendances front what it's reminded me of and I know I've mentioned it a bunch of times on this podcast over the years but Vince McMahon in the WWE before he was famously uh, you know forced out the door a la Ronaldo recently by Manchester United he would always inflate the attendances of Wrestlemania by 20, 30, 40,000 so a new record for the crowd here WrestleMania and it will be way over the capacity of the stadium so I think since he's left WWE has he been hired by either Qatar or FIFA to record the attendances because yeah 41,000 in a 38,000 seater stadium when there's clearly 10,000 empty seats is quite something but uh, other than that controversy uh, I wouldn't call that one a controversy in comparison to some of the other ones it's been a good start to the tournament I would say if you're only interested in the football if you're interested in other aspects of of it I don't know that's your own business we won't get into that on this week's podcast maybe at a later date when we're running out of West Cork sports stories to talk about but we're going to take a quick break now and coming up next Joe McCarty is chatting to Cork Komogi legend Gemma O'Connor about her new autobiography Why not a Warrior?
0: The Star Sport podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years.
1: Now as I mentioned before the break we're going to hear from Cork camogie legend Gemma O'Connor in a moment who's been chatting to Derm McCarthy about her new autobiography Why Not a Warrior but before we hear that conversation Kieran Joe McCarty has also been writing about other sports books in this week's Southern Star. It's a annual tradition at this stage where Joe picks his top 10. So maybe just give a little plug to that piece to listeners this week because it's Christmas shopping season and people are probably going to want to buy a book for the sports lovers in their lives.
0: George's has done this list over the last couple of years and it's proved quite popular. So uh, in terms of Southern Star, he's lifting off. Up- listing off 10 different sports books that you can either buy for yourself or buy for the sports fan in your life or buy for someone's Chris, Christmas stocking but there's some really good really good titles in there and of course Jor has mentioned his own book Cork LGFA Game of My Life but in fairness I did give him permission I did give him the green light to to put his own it's book great. in number there So, I, and it's a, it's in it number one it's in it number one so, and now to be Jure, fair to I, free... I, I,
1: I, I don't want to be seen to be saying Jar, I have uh, read a good portion of this book and it is very good so yeah Definitely deserves its spot, Jar. In case you're listening, and you think we're being harsh, deserves its spot, one hundred percent. Joe took the invite and he ran with it, putting his own book at
0: number one. But I've, I like, like I said, I you, you can't blame the man because it it is a good book, and there's some really good books inside there too. Of course, Dennis Hurley's came um, my life with the car curling makes it in there. I'm Not going to give too many more, but. And one that I like inside there is the jersey. It's about the all blacks, it's the secret behind the world's most successful team. That book makes the list, um, as does Jim O'Connor's book, Why Not a Warrior? And this was written with, with Sinead Farrell at the 42 and published by Hero Books, um, who also bring out the game of my life series. So, being the kind sports editor that I am, I arranged for two authors from Hero Books to have a chat with each other so Joe McCarthy caught up with Jim O'Connor to chat about her book what it means and I also asked him to, to get Jim's thoughts and Libby Coppinger the St. Columns um, Jewel star who is up for a Camogie All-Star this weekend the Camogie All-Stars have been announced this weekend and if Libby Coppinger does not get an All-Star we will march on Croke Park but first let's listen to Joe and Jimmy.
2: Now, it is a huge thrill here on the Southern Star Podcast to be joined by one of Cork, Camogie and the Camogie Associations. And she won't like me for saying it, but a legend of the game. Nine-time All-Ireland senior winner, 11-time All-Star. And on top of all of that, in the middle of everything that she achieved on the pitch, a soldier in the Irish army. She also has a new book out that's out this Christmas. It's published by hero books and it's I'm three quarters of the way through it. And I can already recommend it heartily because it is a a really honest and a brilliant read. It's called why not a warrior? It's an association with the 42 that is written by uh, with Sinead Farrell, but it's all about Gemma O'Connor and Gemma, you're very welcome to the podcast. How are you?
3: I'm good. Um, It's all good. It's quite busy. It's been a hectic few weeks, but um, yeah, it's all positive. It's good. It's great.
2: It is indeed. Uh, Congratulations on the book. As I said, I'm nearly towards the end of it and it's a page turner. It's just brilliantly put together about your sporting career, your personal life, your time in the army. So much to get to. We won't be able to touch on all of it today, but a simple question to start. Why did you decide, along with Sinead, to put your story uh, in a book? Because it's it's a big step and it's not an easy thing to do, but um, why did you decide to do that from day one?
3: um yeah look I, I was quite reluctant to do it from day one and um, when I was to it, I never thought I'd be approached to 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 do a book I know I spent a long time in the red jersey and I suppose you know people might be fascinated from that point of view um but it's not just about camoge it's 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 about everything it's about life in general it's about my career on and off the pitch so life in the red jersey touches of my club um you know it touches on my career in the defense forces it showcases that um it's about you know the hardships on and off the field you know whether you know um it's it's about bereavement and sadness and grief and heartache and um it it goes on about sexuality and i suppose the reason i uh, i did that really was i suppose i saw it as an opportunity to put camogie up on the platform to to you know put a book out there and and and, and I suppose the, the, f- the first thing about it is that it's a book about camogie but it's um, it's not about just camogie it's about the player and what's behind the player and I suppose I saw it as an opportunity to do it to help maybe one or two people out there that might be struggling with their identity or their sexuality or, you know, that are going through hardships in life like grief or bereavement and things like that or, you know, so that's what the book is about it's kind of like a, a 360 view on, on my life and, um you know it's uh yeah look it was quite daunting to be personal about some things but um you know it would have been easy just to kind of fade into the background and say no to these things but I suppose I kind of did it from from a point of view just to kind of uh showcase Komogi and maybe just to kind of help one or two people out there.
2: Yeah I think your honesty shines through on every page and it's a credit to you and a credit to Sinead the way you've managed to put it and uh, there's a lot of young boys and girls if they read this book will benefit from it not just from a sporting perspective but from the honesty of somebody that's willing to bear their soul which I always say to people when they're writing books I know all about that from writing other similar books it's not it's a big step Gemma and like I'm delighted you did it because you've got a unique story there's, and we don't have time to cover your entire oh, yeah. career, in, in, career in the army but the fact that you were so willing to talk openly about it can I ask you once you had gone through the process and the book was on the way were you nervous, and and what was it like when you finally got your hands on that book? And, and and like the reaction has been overwhelmingly positive so far, as I said. But from your own personal point of view, I mean, you must have been nervous picking up the book oh. and going, "Okay, here we go."
3: Oh yeah, for definitely, like, for sure, I was definitely hundred uh, um, percent nervous. Um, like it is quite daunting, and I won't lie. There was a few times that I was there thinking to myself, especially when I was overseas, and you know we were doing a lot of zooms with. Sinead and you know when in order to put pen to paper and stuff and some things might be in the book or whatever but you have to kind of like I suppose be really truthful and uh and honest and you're kind of reflecting a lot on on your life like and it's sometimes they're hard to talk about them or speak about them and um I suppose there was times there where where I felt like oh maybe I I want to pull out of this you know I'm not quite Mm -hmm. sure about putting you know pen to paper and such things that are personal and that are i suppose that are dear to me but um yeah look i'm i'm delighted that it's done now and um then finally going through the edits and all that and then getting to physically hold the book it, yeah it was it was quite nerve-wracking to be honest
2: i i know i know the feeling yeah. i'm delighted you did it <laughs> I'm you did
3: you're it. not yeah you're not sure really what to expect you know like yeah um you know a run-of-the-mill person like anybody else I'm not some type of you know A-listers Hollywood celebrity that's there trying to make millions or something Mm -hmm. you know I would play, play an amateur sport we go through um the hardships and the ups and downs of life like everybody else and I suppose it's just probably I suppose it's just showcasing in the book that like life is hard and it's also great and it's like you know it's 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 the same for a lot of people be you know, behind closed doors. It's not just about being on the pitch, it's
2: about everything else outside of that. Yeah, I, I always marvel when I talk to people like yourself, sports sports people like yourself and Rena Buckley and, and Valerie Mulcahy, I'd I'd have you up there on that pantheon alongside those 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 players as well. How humble you are about the whole thing. Because I say nine all Irelands, I say eleven all stars. It's almost like flippant to say it. It's like a number. But to achieve that level of success, you have you have to be unbelievably dedicated. You have to be unbelievably, you know, your, your private life and your personal life has to be put on hold, as you know. But you also, for, for you and the people that I mentioned there, to be so humble about it. And that's another thing that shines through from the book. You're not r- shouting from the rooftops, What look what I've won. You're talking, you're actually talking to the person that's reading the book and saying, these are the hardships and the highs, and you had plenty of lows too, as you as you outline in the book, to get to the promised land of winning an All Ireland. And then when you win an All Ireland, that's not enough. I want to win it again. So there's, yeah. I see the humbleness in you, but I also see the warrior. And it's a great title for the book because you have to be a warrior to be uh, in the army, but you also have to be a warrior if you're a Cork senior camogie player because you came up against some of the best players of your generation to win those All Irelands. Is there a game that sticks out? Is there a moment from all that career that you can think of, you know, that comes to you quickly? Mightn't have been an all around final winning game, but a moment when you kind of said, that's the one that I kind of, that comes to my mind. That's the one that I go back to a lot. Um, I suppose
3: there's a, a, lot, a lot of games that kind of stand out and then there's a lot of years that kind of go all, go into one. And as well, you can talk about a few all earns that stand out. Like, I, I remember it was it 2016 and um, which ended up being a disaster of year and it, it, for us. Our Ireland ways we lost. like got sent off. I think that was the year that we played Wexford in a repeat, and um, like those games were so intense. Like they were like stop you know, end end pitch stuff. And anybody that follows Camogie knows Wexford Camogie. They're a massive goal scoring team, and um, they're like it's just you know playing that centre back um trying to keep them out and you know to finally pick those games in the end, you know, it's things like that that you just love, like that's why you just love playing it. It's hard, it's um it's it's just tenacious from start to finish. You're absolutely exhausted, but like obviously when you're on the winning side at the end it's completely worth it. I suppose when you lose those games then you're kind of questioning everything. But you know, they're defined those fine margins. And I suppose in Komogi there's such a small group that are able to play at that level and there's literally, I suppose, when when you're talking about the semi-final stages and the other arm final stages, you're talking about two or three points between each team, like, you know, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's there's, there's nothing really between those teams, so that's why when you win them, it's they're very sweet to win.
2: Something I picked up on as well from the book, when you're in the army, and I have no idea, but when you're in the army, the bond you form with the people standing next to you, men and women in very dangerous situations where you might be shot at or you might be blown up. It's not flippant to say that. You develop a, a deep bond. I think that most normal Joe soaps like myself don't understand. You, you hear it and you hear people in the army talking about it. Those bonds that you formed in the army, the bonds you formed in the dressing room, are the things you talk about and the people you met and the players that you, you loved playing alongside and then the warriors that you were up against the likes of Ursula Jacobs and all those great players mm. the bond in the dressing room was as important as any all Ireland medal to you I would imagine and how much of the bond that you formed in the army helped you and did it go both ways? Yeah
3: like um <laughs> without Without a bond or a sense of camaraderie or whatever you want to call it, and you know it doesn't necessarily have to be this 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 massive friendship where like you have to be best friends with everybody in the team, but I think it's really and truly important to have you know respect for each other. Like um, and when you're going to playing, you know it's about playing for the person next to you, um, in front of you, behind you, and all that, and having that respect for for that person. And forming those bonds are, you know, without them really, like you're, you're not really going to be successful, you know. Human talent will only bring you so so, so far. Like, so they're completely important. And you're putting your trust in that person. You're putting your trust in that person to do the right thing. And when you go training, um, when, you, when you finish training, so, you know, particularly have a good diet, not to to you know to go out on social occasions when when the night before games or things like that you know to look after yourself and to have the right attitude and it's the very same in the defense forces like we do nothing without each other and there's no such thing as doing anything really particularly by yourself yeah you might have your own individual jobs but you're working along somebody Um, there's a team around you 24 7 and it's the same when we go overseas you know we farm up it's a thing it's called a farm up um Phase and you know you farm up a couple of months, two or three months before you deploy overseas, and you might be with people that you've trained with or that you that you work with, and the majority of people you've never even seen or met before. So that farm phase is an opportunity for everybody to get to know each other. And you know when you meet somebody at the start, you might say, "Oh, I'm going to be spending six months with these people I don't even know them." But over the course of those weeks before you're deployed, you farm excellent friendships are, you know as you said a band with people so then when you're deployed overseas you've trained together now you're living together or rooming together or, you know you're in the same camp together or whatever the case may be and that's what it's all about you know it's all about teamwork really at the end of
2: the day yeah and I can see that I can see I can see the soldier in you talking there <laughs> and the player at the same time that's, that's what makes the book beautifully unique in that you know you have that background and you've been able to, to tap into both there's too many people in the book to touch upon now who are influences yeah. on your career. But one I want to talk about is Potty Murray, yeah. I have a huge amount of respect for. Her. And one of the things I love about the book are the interactions between you and the players and the kind of the shouting and the roaring at <laughs> each other, which is purely natural, it happens. It's beautifully put. If if nothing else, I would recommend it to buy the book for those. Yeah. Talk to me about Potty, when Potty came in as manager, uh, briefly but what he did and how he did it uh, to make Cork, you know, what they were.
3: Yeah, like it was very exciting when, you know, we kind of found out about party coming on board. I think Cork at the time was needed a kind of a jump in terms of, um, I would just say professionalism, if you want to, if you want to call that a different approach. We needed that jump. We needed somebody to take the reins and uh, kind of grab Cork Movie by the scoffer of the ne- neck and kind of, you know, give us that extra lift like we needed to get to the next level. And um, so when Paddy came in, he changed the face of Cork. mogi. I think, for for the, that period in time, he's extremely professional. Um, he's uh, a certain set of standards. Um, I always say he's a very controversial character. Not everyone likes him. Uh, he knows that too, and uh, he's no problem of um, you know, knowing knowing that or whatever. But um, you know, I think the one thing that you can't fault Paddy for is his um his effort to Kork Mogan what he's put in for the last few years, um, it's second to none. And uh yeah, we're very grateful for that. Like without that we wouldn't have won the other earnings that we've won with him, you know. So um, you know, he's uh we've uh, a unique relationship. I I always say we've uh massive respect for each other, we've know about our giving out to each other either like a tell each other as it is. So but there's a fine line there. When I'm with Potty, he's the manager and that's his call. Me as a player, and I firmly believe as a player, you have a right to speak. Obviously, you say it in, in a kind of a respectful way and things like that. But, you know, um, you kind of have to, it has to be a two-way relationship and not be afraid to put the hand up and say, look, maybe I don't agree with that or why is this happening? But at the end of the day, it's their call. And I think you just have to respect that.
2: Yeah, well that's that's clear, well put again. And with somebody yeah. like party. Uh, from interviewing him down through the years, I know exactly what you're talking about, and it yeah. is a two-way thing when it comes to respect. But yeah, I think he came around, He came along at just about the right time for you and that particular group of players as well. And I look, it 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 worked out well from that point. Um, one person I did want to talk to you about briefly because I mentioned influences, and I know it might be you know an emotional subject for you is your mother. Yeah, sure. yeah. because I I mean everybody loves their mother and everybody you know she was clearly a huge influence on you to put it mildly Gemma but not just her influence but just I think her presence in your head if I make sense Uh, you know I I get the impression you were on the pitch and maybe you were in situations maybe in the army we were kind of going you know you could hear your mother talking to you because I know I know myself what that that, like (laughs) am I I right there and how how much of a character was she
3: like even I went overseas. Um, just recently came back in May. Um, it was my first overseas trip since two thousand thirteen, so there was a big gap there. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because my mother passed away, my mom passed away, and um, I suppose I had different priorities as playing hockey. I was doing courses at home, and I, you know, I I, I I was manually selected then to go overseas. But like you know what, even overseas it was like the last time I was here in two thousand thirteen you know, there used to be this kind of phone box thing. it's no longer there because everyone has Wi-Fi, you know, in the rooms and things like that, but like it's like, you know, uh, you know I remember making phone calls, you know, on a regular basis to my mum for the chats and, you know, seeing how things are going up. so like her influence is still there and it's still present because that's what I used to be thinking about when I was overseas and, st- and things like that, and you never stop thinking about them, you know, anybody that loses anybody will know that, you never stop thinking about them, but in terms of my career and everything. Yeah. She since I was um uh, since I was seven years of age, Hilda Hurley, she's been, I suppose, the catalyst really for it all, but she's been a massive influence. Um and kind of taught me everything and um kind of showed me what motivation and drive and passion. I was lucky enough that I had that in me. Mm. But she also had it in her. So it's something that, you know, I got from her. But um yeah she was a character on and off the line um super passionate a gay woman at birth if you want to call it um and then obviously you you know um when we, we started playing camogie and my, and my brother started playing her in football she soon transferred uh, over to the Bears because our kids were playing there and became a very loyal Bears supporter but um yeah it's kind of uh she was um she was a character yeah a, a, a character uh, in so many ways you know she was uh Involved in school teams and the Bars Underage, te- underage teams, involved in um, senior team with me, went um, to obviously all my court games and things like that. So, um, yeah, look, life is hard and it's sad. Those people are no longer around, you know, the people that you yeah. rely on before and every game, you know, after the, after a game you might say, oh, how did I do? And she'd be like, "Um." Mm. They're not moving quite so well there. No, I know it's a. It should only be a one or two liner, but it'd be like, you know, it'd be like a right punch in the stomach to hear from her because she'd said it as it is, or she'd say, "Oh, geez, we had a great game today, girl. That that would be it, like you know what I mean? It'd be so. Um, yeah, I look at these. You know, when you have people like that in your life, i cast myself, as very lucky, extremely lucky." But it's just, you know, it's very unfortunate that I get to lose her. I suppose when she's only fifty-five years of age when she passed away, so.
2: Too young, too young, but really? beautifully put. Um, finally, before I let you go, um, I wanted to get just get your opinion on like Cork, uh, under Matthew Toomey, have come so yes. close at senior level over the last couple of years. One player, when I look out in that pitch of a really talented panel, that I see a lot of the Gemma O'Connor when she was in the back mm-hmm. is our own Libby Coppinger from uh, down in St. Cullum's Club here in West Cork. I know you've you you, you see as much as you can see of, of the Cork senior setup, but your impression of Libby. As a as a, as a Cork senior and how she's developed her game, you know, started out as a forward, certainly in the football in the dual sense, and moved into the backs. Not dissimilar to yourself uh, in your own career, and how important she is to the Cork setup, and and, and what you hope for Cork for next year.
3: Yeah, um, from the moment I met Libby, I was like really impressed by her, and um, I think any young person just needs to look at Libby and needs to meet meet Libby. She's. um She's extremely honest, very hardworking, one of the most hardworking players I've ever came across. Um, she's a, a little ball of muscle, that's the way I describe her. Uh, she's tough as nails and uh, she's a super back. You'll get nothing easy off her. Um, And I, you need to be that. You need to have those kind of little characteristics as, as, as a back. You need to be honest because if you're not honest playing, then you're going to get absolutely creased. She leaves no stone unturned. And uh, she's just a super attitude, her approach um, to training and to games. And, uh, you know, even just like any of the other dual um, players like Hannah Looney and stuff like that, you know, I used to say to her, don't know how you're doing it, you know, you must be exhausted. But, you know, she'd travel up from Kale Kill, she'd be traveling up in the morning. We used to train at eight o'clock Saturday and Sunday mornings, eight o'clock start. And depending if she wasn't in Cork City, um, staying she'd be down you know helping up the farm down below and she'd be up asleep in her car you know getting a, a couple of minutes kipping before training and there wouldn't be a complaint there wouldn't be a whinge or a cry it would be straight on the pitch and you know you have to take your hat off to people like that and um, she's a super girl and uh, she's a she's a big player for cork
2: Excellent. And uh, very honestly put, much like in your book, um, just out in all good bookstores at the moment and available on Amazon.com. It's the Why Not a Warrior, the Gemma O'Connor story published by Hero Books with the brilliant Sinead Farrell from the a detailing the life and times on and off the pitch and in the army uh, of the fantastic Gemma O'Connor. Gemma, we did, we've only scratched the surface <laughs> on what is a terrific book. We don't have really the time Thanks to go sure. any further on it. Delighted for you. Delighted you did the book. Really appreciate to you. it. And I'm delighted you're so honest in the book. And when I push a book and tell people I like a book, I actually read the book and and make sure. If I don't like a book, I'll tell you that too. I love this. I absolutely love this. And uh, I think any young boy or any young girl, um, whether they're into sport or not, there's a lot in there that will help them. And I think just a final word to yourself, that'd be the message you'd be giving. You don't have to be a sports person to appreciate this because your army background, your family, your personal life, um, and just as well as the camogie, it's all intertwined. But there, there's a lot in here for people to take from it.
3: Yeah, that's the main message I think I wanted to get across. It's, you know, it's 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 for it's for everybody, as you said, like, you know, the non-sporting people, the non-highly academic people, you know, everything, like any all the struggles in life. It's like, you know, it's um, you know, it's it's for everybody and it touches on everything, you know, it touches on school, um, work, sport. And and personal life, so um, I hope people get something out of it, and uh, that's what that's the reason why I kind of did it. I did it for those reasons, though, and just to kind of help a few people that may be struggling, and and obviously then to to tell my story as a Cork movie player and put Cork out there. So um, yeah, so I hope I uh, hope it goes well.
2: Yes, so do I. I think it is going to go very very well, and congratulations on it and well done yeah. once again in all good bookstores and Amazon dot here published by Hero Books. Gemma O'Connor story why not a a warrior go get it uh, for this Christmas and Gemma to you uh, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us here on the Southern Star Podcast and continued success in wherever the career uh, takes you from here on in Thank you Jar.
3: appreciate it thank you
2: The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access
0: Credit Union Access Credit Union funding dreams for over 50 years
1: Okay Karen we've mentioned some of what's to come in this week's Southern Star sports section so before we wrap up what else can readers expect and actually no sorry it- before before you come in I just want to point readers to the fact that in this Thursday's Southern Star as well as the brilliant sports section that Karen's going to point us to as well it's Christmas in West Cork season and we've got a 128 page special about everything you need to know about celebrating Christmas in West Cork. We've got recipes, gift guides, what's on guides for all the towns. So if you're struggling to get in the Christmas spirit at this early date, you'll struggle no more after reading Thursday's Southern Star and the free 128 pages. 128 pages. Do you know how many pages that is? It's a lot. And it's free with Thursday's Southern Star, either in shops or online via the e-paper. So that's in this Thursday. Christmas in West Cork. It's an annual tradition at this stage. It's a brilliant piece of work by all the team at Southern Star HQ. Something to be proud of and it's free in Thursday's Southern Star. Kieran, I can't do a harder sell than that. So now you have to outdo me with your sell of the sports section.
0: This week's sports section is an easy sell, Jack. Because if you don't pick up this week's sports section to catch up on what's happening in West Cork, I don't know what's wrong with you and I don't know how I can help you because this is a, a top class sports section again. So... Obviously, Darren McElhaney's in there. John Murphy's in there. I caught up with Munster rugby captain Jack O'Donoghue, the Waterford man with the very, very strong West Cork connections. To thought about his links to in his scheme. And I also discovered that Jack was down in West Cork the day after Munster beat South Africa. He was down in Inchidani Beach. He, he ventured into Clonacilty after he used the showers in Clonacilty rugby club. So this is a man with strong West Cork connections. So see Torres, Southern Star for more on that lots of news on the West Cork kickboxers winning medals at the senior European Wacko Championships in Turkey. News on the Fasted Rally that's back on the National Championship Series next week. Some good pieces by, not some good, some excellent pieces by Matthew Hurley in Thursday Southern Star. He's one piece called Inspiration from Innescara. So what he's done, he's talked to a former Innescara manager about Sean O'Donoghue who's the new Cork Senior Hurley captain for 2023 and this is a really good read. So that's really worth checking out Thursday Southern Star. And he also caught up with Pat Nolan of Gabriel Rangers to, to chat about the recent Carberry under-21B football final success. Now it's back-to-back titles for Gabriel's and it's, um, it looks like they're going to go under-21A next year. But there's some really good players coming through Gabriel Rangers. So Matthew had a good chat with Pat Nolan about that. And also Joseph Blake, friend of the show, has a new challenge. I'm not going to say too much more, but Joe Blake or our Edrigal correspondent to the Southern Star Sportcast is a is a man on a mission, and um, he's climbing that that, that G A ladder slowly but surely. So check out Thursday's Southern Star for information on Joe and a lot lot more.
1: Brilliant stuff here, and as I mentioned earlier, if you can't make it to a shop for whatever reason this week, the Southern Star is still available online anywhere. the world via your computer tablet or desktop just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and read the southern star for less than two euro per week or even better we've got a black friday deal on until midnight on friday night and if you subscribe in that time you'll be able to read the southern star on your computer tablet or smartphone for one euro a month for the first three months. that's works out with something like a cent a day. I don't do maths very well. But one euro a month. For the first three months. Again. Just go onto our Facebook page. Or check out the promotion in the paper. There's a promo code you need to type in. When you're subscribing. And you can read the Southern Star. On your computer. Tablet or smartphone. For one euro a month. For the first three months. That's the Southern Star's. Black Friday offer. And I think you'll all agree. It's a pretty good one. We're going to wrap up. Now, thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast and thanks as well to our producer, Dylan Mangan. If you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Sláin Toml.